honorable, intelligent, deep, cool, relevant. None of these words can be used to describe the Nerds of the Lord podcast. This is the very first improvised ministry podcast that pokes fun at Christian geek culture through made-up stories. Join Gamertag RaptorX316 and his hilarious co-hosts and guests as they delve into comics, movies, and games that define us as the Nerds of the Lord, only on Campus 180 Radio. Yeah, I don't know. That's a It's a weird thing to think about. I can't easily identify when it was, if we did have one. Um, our first year was a little unique. We spent the first three months of our marriage house-sitting for somebody else, so we weren't even in our own place. We didn't have a home of our own. And um, when we did move into an apartment, um, I'd say, yeah, there was probably a little bit of honeymoon there. It was exciting to set up our first home together, um, to get into routines together. What do you think? Yeah. Well, and I mean, a lot of it, I think is ways of thinking and, you know, experiences. Like I remember when we were house sitting and stuff Mm -hmm. that it was just, it was, it was exciting, you know, to, to wake up and to like, we had our own kind of, um, routines and our own kind of traditions that we were starting. I just remember being, you know, excited about coming home and spending time together and and doing stuff together. And I mean, not that we're not now, like I, I really look forward actually, like, I can't wait to get home. Um, but then it was all new and novel. And I think part of the honeymoon phase and you can, anybody can jump in here and correct me if I'm, if I'm off part of the honeymoon phase too, is it like, the you haven't really had to navigate too many relational difficulties. Things are good, and you haven't really decided or discovered yet things that bother you at all. It's really tough to uh, to name anything like that because everything seems awesome. Mm-hmm. And I think one of the other things that added to the awesomeness of it was, I mean, that was the first time either of us lived independently of other people. I mean, like I've never lived alone. I went straight from living at home to living with roommates in college to being back at home and then living with Steve and Steve, you were either at home with family or with roommates. And so this, we, we never had any time where we were just independent living on our own as we choose. Mm-hmm. And so we were kind of building that together. That was pretty exciting. And we chose to watch the oh. Kiefer Sutherland classic 24 the first season all the way through we we burned right through that that was our first experience with binge watching i think that was the show that really was built for it yeah Yeah. but yeah the honeymoon (laughs) phase can be i mean it's really clear at the start of your marriage at the start of your living together um but like seasons you know winter's gonna come back around again soon and honeymoon phases will come in and out. And I think you guys both said things mm. that really helped me understand honeymoon periods better. Uh, the start of something new, you know, so setting up your traditions, first time on your own. Um, anytime there's a big life shift, you know, maybe a new job or, um, you know, new baby, something like that. There's the potential with that to have. Uh, like a kind of renewed 
connection as you step into an adventure together. And then Mm -hmm. I think no matter if it's the first honeymoon phase, no matter if it's the first honeymoon phase or like a future one or or one down the line, um, I, I think it's marked by exactly what you said, just waiting for the other person to come home, eager to be together. Um, and that, that certainly is something that comes and goes in the relationship. Mm-hmm. So one thing you said there, I wanted to just get your thoughts on it a little bit um, from, from both of you. Um, the idea of, the, you said there's the potential for it to be an adventure that you enter into together. Um, you know, And also there's the potential for it to be a time where it's sort of uh, there may be some distance. I mean, and people see that experience that in like um, even that kind of uh, traditional or expected like honeymoon phase. Right. Um, But uh, so I'm just curious about you guys, what you guys think uh, about that. Like what makes it an adventure versus like, what are the elements that help it to be an adventure rather than like lonesome tribulation? A lot is the attitude you go in with it. Um, and again, how much you came to the decision together. You know, if one person had to drag the other person kicking and screaming, it is not going to be a honeymoon period. Um, if, you know, it's something unexpected, like a job loss or something that forces you, um, it's less likely. Again, I think it's very much about attitude. Yeah, and something that you're like looking forward to something that you are expecting to be good. There's hope in, in it that there, that it's going to be a good thing that you're entering into to make it an adventure. Yeah. And the season cycle through a calendar year in environmentally speaking, you know, with, with relationships, Mm -hmm. it's much more like a compass kind of swinging around. And we've talked about that before. In that, tears. I think last time you talked about the words connection and disconnection really being the phases in any season of a relationship. Mm-hmm. Yeah, Steve mentioned that. Um, yeah. Um, but Jeff, I had a question for you. Like with you in Asia, like since you... Well, Asia got pregnant pretty early on in your marriage. What was the honeymoon season like for you? Or was it when you so early on were anticipating the addition of a baby? That certainly shortened it. And there's... <laughs> that's like reality hitting instantly. And you know, <laughs> my kind of cup half full was like, hey, we're having kids early. They'll be out of the house mm-hmm. early and we'll kind of get a jump start on our golden <laughs> years together or whatever. And uh, then we had a baby very late in marriage as well. So that went out the window. Um, you know, okay. it, it does feel like we we didn't have them, the honeymoon periods, when you would necessarily expect. We didn't do an actual honeymoon trip until like three years into mm-hmm. our marriage. We went to Jamaica together and you know, kind of a budget trip for where we were. We got a baby. We need grandparents to watch her for five days while we get out of the country for a minute together. Um, But yeah, a lot of it is, you know, are we in sync? Are we connecting, you know, emotionally and physically? 
Are we kind of enjoying the same uh, experiences? Are we sharing a, a significant piece of our life together? Those are often how I can identify if we've been in a honeymoon period or not. Mm-hmm. I like that idea, the way you're bringing it up, of like these things being recurring. That they're like that honeymoon period, you know, being times of deep connection and things just seem to be working all, you know, um, on all cylinders and, and, and the, the, yeah, the excitement sometimes of going through something new. Like I hear you saying like there've been unexpected times for you. And so, so what were some of the unexpected ones? Like the, the times where you guys find yourselves really connecting and excited about what was happening, um, where maybe you didn't think that would be the case. That's, it, it's hard to really pinpoint some of those things. Mm-hmm. I was a youth pastor for a long time and I got a, a ministry license so I could perform weddings. And in a, a summer where I had two or three weddings, you know, seeing these young couples starting off with no clue of, you know, the challenges of marriage in front of them. Uh, getting to go to those wedding services and those receptions and party with Asia and party with our friends and kind of see the young couples in love and full of hope and, you know, no doubts at all. Uh, those always kind of sparked something in me that I kind of wanted to bring Asia along with that. I just think of those as being times where I was really, you're kind of filled with that romantic sense of love that's, can sometimes be infrequent, makes you want to buy flowers, makes you want to rush home, makes you want to jump in bed if you can, find a minute and some privacy. Take naps. That's exactly what I <laughs> Love nap time. Um, but yeah, it's not all honeymoon. There, there comes the end of the honeymoon season and kind of the settling into reality. Um, I like to think of this as kind of that slow and steady thing where you're just kind of consistent it's just life is exactly what it is you know what to expect all the pieces are in place and you're just kind of going along it's a time Mm -hmm. when it's easy to forget to remember the other person things are just kind of going well things are going smooth it's it's a car ride it's a long car ride Mm -hmm. you're going down the expressway you don't hear any clunking in the car there's no bumps in the road it's just the miles kind of disappear behind you. And then you snap to it and you're mm-hmm. like, um, how long have we been driving? You know, just kind of wasn't even paying attention to my marriage really because things were just easy or things were just mm-hmm. rolling. Do you guys know that season a bit? Yeah. Sure. Yeah, definitely. All right. Welcome to This Could Be It, where we discuss ideas, events, and relationships that might make us who we are today. Or who we could be tomorrow. Today, we're talking with Steve and Tirza again in part two of our conversation about seasons of relationships. How are you doing tonight, guys? Hey, doing well. Yeah, really good. Great to be with you. Well, let's dive right in with pick your choose. Do you guys have a choose to pick this week? Yeah, go for it. You can go first. It's fine. <laughs> 
<laughs> we have the same shoes. Almost. Well, I was going to concede and add to it a different shoes also. Okay. So that's fine. I am really uh, excited about Happy Belt's uh, adoption. Today is our celebration of our adoption day. It's been, um, our, our family is now seven years old. Six years Six old. Six years old. No, man. You gotta edit you're that so out. excited you're a year ahead. <laughs> That's right. I can't even do math. It's fine. So our family is six years old now. I think I've been tra- telling myself that we were that old for a long time. Um, and so adoption and uh, just celebrating that today and being able to do that with people who are near and far through social media. That has been something that has been uh, meaningful to me today. Terrific. Yeah, and to go along with that, because that was also part of my choose, um, this year marks the the fact that we have now been Lisa's parents longer or more than half of her life because oh, she wow. came into our household just after she turned six and now she's 12. And so we have officially been her parents longer than anyone else has taking care of her. So we've been her caregivers for the majority of her life. And it's taken a while to get to that point. Um, Taken six years (laughs) to be able to say that, that we have now maybe had more influence on her than any other caregivers. Mm -hmm. Well, you guys are amazing parents. That's an awesome choose. (laughs) Thanks. Thanks. You're a pretty good parent yourself, Jeffrey. Uh, Today's not been a shining example of that, but we'll move on. (laughs) We all have those days, man. (laughs) Those seasons. Those seasons, yeah. yeah. (laughs) Uh, My choose would not be parenting on this day, but on a lot of days it is. And you know what? I'll say that my choose this week is a parenting-related. My daughter, Allison, and I, she's going to be 15 years old at the end of this month, Um we do father-daughter dance every Monday night. It's a great time for us to connect. It's a bunch of great guys. There's no serious jerks that are going to spend every Monday night of a majority of a year dancing with their daughter. So mm-hmm. uh, the guys there are fantastic, and I really enjoy them. And uh, great relationships. And one of them even said they listen to our podcast. So. Oh, cool. Uh, yeah. So my choose is father-daughter dance with Allison. Very cool. All right. Um, we are in the middle of a two-part series on seasons of relationships. We talked last time about uh, seasons in dating relationships and seasons in friendships. And so uh, what do we want to talk about this week? I think we had uh, decided on seasons in marriage and if we have time also seasons in parenting was that correct that sounds correct and it sounds very engaging for college-age students that might want to someday be married (laughs) or be parents but in reality or be children you know they are children right they're somebody's kids and yeah it could help them think through the dynamic that they have with their parents now to think through the seasons of the parent child Mm -hmm. relationship. Well, and, and, you know, thinking through too, uh, I I think, you know, like you'd mentioned, like they may someday want to be parents, um, thinking through what they want that relationship 
to look like, things they liked about how they were raised, things that maybe they want to change. Yeah. Do you want to start with parent-child or start with marriage since that's kind of chronological? Let's start with marriage. Yeah, chronologically. Okay. No. no, not everyone's married before they become a parent, but the marriage relationship would be a good one to start with, I think. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and again, you, you might not be married, but you might have a very significant relationship with someone that has gone through a lot of the seasons that we're talking about in the context, you know, this could really just be seasons of a committed relationship that's beyond dating. Yeah. That's, I think that's pretty accurate. Yeah. So uh, the first season is one most of us have talked about the honeymoon period or the honeymoon phase, if you will. Mm -hmm. Um, Mm -hmm. Did you guys have that? There was a lot of a, some of the parenting years have kind of just blurred into each other with not a lot happening, just going day by day, mm-hmm. not, I, not too many super highs, but not any real lows either. Yeah. And I, I think within that, even within those periods, I'm thinking back over conversations we've had. and um, So they, that kind of like smooth and steady. Um, I don't think that it, and I'm not, I don't think you're implying this, that it's kind of indifference or anything like that. Cause we've had some really deep moments of connection and understanding and ways that our relationship has matured uh, in really fantastic ways. Like where I feel closer and more understood than at any period in our relationship. That makes sense. Yeah, absolutely. I think there's opportunity for growth and, improved intimacy in every season uh honeymoon period Mm -hmm. it's really easy to have a sense of that uh that slow Mm -hmm. and steady period you might look back and go oh that that made a big difference for us even though you didn't necessarily notice it right at the time or right at the moment yeah i think in the slow and steady times that's when it's like i mean you may not be seeing a whole bunch of like upward growth necessarily but that's like when like there's a lot of deepening like we're settling into the relationship we're spreading out our base kind of like adding stability layers of stability and um, layers of depth Mm -hmm. because that's when we're just feeling really confident in each other's presence and role in our lives like we're secure yeah, I yeah. like that imagery, Tirza, of maybe a tree. You know, the, the blossoms mm-hmm. aren't popping out. It's not shooting up several feet at a time. Um, but yeah. the root system is kind of infiltrating all the ground underneath. And you don't see that. And you might take it for granted or forget it's there. And, yeah, I'm not saying that you're dismissive of your spouse during this time. But it's very easy to just kind of enjoy the cruise control of it and you forget to maybe put forth that extra effort when the other person they don't need it you know because because things are fine yeah well and that i think i guess that's true like you had mentioned before like there's potential for growth in any of these kind of seasons um and you know the honeymoon period it's like that can be a time where you kind of learn to navigate conflict and disappointment and closeness and um 
you know, passion and all that stuff. Again, learning to, to kind of figure out what it looks like to connect and to put, like you said, put forth that effort. Like it is easy not to, and it's easy not to, if you want to mix metaphors here, which I love doing. <laughs> that, that kind of car ride where the lights on the dashboard might be coming on, but nothing is, nothing terrible is happening. At the hmm. moment. Yeah. You know, the, the check engine lights, there but there's no smoke coming out of the engine so you just kind of ignore it yeah or the gas light comes on so oh, we're gonna need gas in a minute it's not it's not yeah, urgent it's not, i don't need to do it so that season of slow and steady stability can transition back to honeymoon it could also transition to instability you know and and when we're feeling very stable when we're feeling very settled uh, it takes a lot less stress to make it feel suddenly unstable Mm -hmm. Uh, so unexpected pregnancies are kind of two of the two unexpected pregnancies in my marriage have been uh times of instability um but also you know real good connection real good joy um Mm -hmm. you know the the second one was an answer to prayer i got a surgery to avoid having more children and before i had that surgery i prayed god if you want us to have more family don't let this work he gave a big thumbs up on that and we got (laughs) another daughter um and so just kind of feeling like okay god hears me and if he's with me when i'm getting that surgery that he didn't want to work he's going to be with me as i'm raising this child i didn't expect to have Mm -hmm. Um, but yeah, instability is always extra stress. Uh, you can create problems between you and your spouse connecting. Um, you know, you could be not on the same page mentally. You might have different values that are uh, asserting dominance in how you're making decisions. What else could cause instability or kind of reflect that you're in a season of instability? Man, there's so many things. So in my work, like I see all these different different influences. Um, but personally, I know uh, the one, the one I'm, I'm thinking back on, like, so tears and I lived overseas for a while. Um, it was a fantastic experience, but man, did it push us sometimes. And I know for me, I am, there are parts of me that really want to please other people a lot. And um, I found myself being, stuck sometimes between wanting to not say no to anybody and needing also to like take care of or, or, or um, be attentive to tears needs. And it was a real period of growth. It it pushed me because I had to make choices about like, was I going to potentially have people upset with me, (laughs) which to me was like a real stressor. Or was I going to be able to be an advocate and an ally uh, for my wife and the things that she needed and just being able to recognize that and be present with her? Um, And so that was like, that was a potential. Yeah, I like that metaphor. Me too. I think think that requires a lot though too of like um, knowing yourself also. I think we need to have a big discussion about self-awareness at some point. (laughs) (laughs) Yep. Conflict style. Yeah. Yeah. Um, but you know, not every stress and every problem is going to lead to instability. You know, a lot of times it's going to kind of bring out 
uh, a season that proves your commitment to each other, that proves your love for each other, that unconditional season that, man, this sucks. This is terrible. This is a tragedy maybe. Um, but we're standing side by side, hand in hand, facing mm-hmm. this thing together. And, you know, that leads to a real sense of deep connection on, on all the levels oh, of yeah. the relationship. There's no one else I'd rather go through this hard thing with, or I'm so glad you are with me in this. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I, I think there are a couple of things that came up for me while you were kind of talking, talking through that. That, um, that sometimes like some really fantastic stuff can come out of this. And, and sometimes even things that, you know, you pretty unexpected where you're saying like there's tragedy there. Like um, I've seen that again in my, in my line of work, like I work a lot with a lot of couples and I've seen people go through some pretty um, terrible stuff. Um, some of it self-inflicted, you know, um, just decisions that are made, uh, infidelity and, and addiction and all this kind of stuff. And so for anybody who, who might be listening, who finds themselves in those positions, um, I'll say this, that uh, there, if both people are willing to work and people are willing to take responsibility for the choices that they've made and that kind of stuff, man, there can be some really beautiful, redemptive stuff that comes out of working through that um, where relationships end up being stronger than they were prior to um, those kinds of things. Yeah, Steve, I think you bring up a really good point that the season could make certain choices more or less likely, you know, the choice to (laughs) not be faithful to your partner, you know, is going to be much easier in a season of instability um, mm-hmm. or even in just kind of that slow and steady period than it would be in a honeymoon period. Um, mm-hmm. You can make really bad choices during a honeymoon period because you think like we're always, you know, my marriage right now that's so good, that's so solid, that's firing all cinder- cylinders, it's going to be like this forever. And so you make choices kind of under that illusion that end up bringing you more quickly to a season of instability. Um, And then you're in that season of instability and my marriage right now is never going to be any different than what it feels like now. And so I'm going to make choices in this season of instability as if there is no hope of being back in a honeymoon period or in an unconditional love period or in just that slow and steady reality period in relationships that are very easily influenced by us. And it's easy to think that you're stuck in a box or your choices are limited because of the season you're in. And, we do that with our weather seasons, right? You know, it's snowy outside, so I'm stuck indoors. Like, I can't put on extra layers and trudge through the snow or go skiing or go ice skating or something like that. My only choice is to stay indoors. Or it's summer, right. so the only thing I can do outside is go swimming or go to a beach or do something very summery. I can't go take a hike. I can't go, you know, I don't know what the other options are, but, you know, <laughs> not not fooling ourselves into limiting what our choices are in the relationship. You know, you always have the choice of reconnecting, of coming back together, of having a conversation of, you know, not turning the lights off and going to sleep when there's stuff that's bothering you. Yeah. I think 
that I mean that that there's so much in that. Like the idea one that um, you may be in a tough period now, but it doesn't like that perspective. It doesn't that's not going to be how it is all the time, provided that you're willing to make some changes um, to you know to change that kind of climate that you're in. Um, and the other thing being like, you know, when you're talking about the weather and stuff, I can't tell you how many times I've talked myself out of going outside in the winter. I'm like, this is just going to be awful. Um, and once I get out there to do whatever, you know, it's like, oh, it's actually like, come to think of it, you know, 30, 30 degrees isn't actually all that awful. It's not all that cold. I'm, I'm, I'm fine. Um, and I think we find that, you know, even in our marriages, we're in relationships where it's like, Oh, you know, I thought that talking about this was going to be really, really terrible, but turns out it's not that bad. You know, or confronting this person about this wasn't that big of a thing. I could actually I could do it. It was tough, but I did it. Yeah. Any final thoughts about seasons in marriage relationships, you guys? I mean, I guess like as with, I don't know if I mentioned this in other seasons with the friendships and dating, but just always... Um, I think I find it helpful to look for things to appreciate in the season that I'm in Um, and like things to be grateful for. Uh, But then if a season, if we're, if I know we're going to be in a transition or going into a different season, um, try to look for things to look forward to in that season. Um, Just, I like to keep a bit of a hopeful mindset. Um, but yeah, learning to appreciate wherever we are. And if we don't like where we are, look for things to be hopeful for, to look forward to in the next season. I think the thing that comes to mind for me um, is the idea, and this is not something that I came up with. This is stuff I've learned. Um, if if you're listening uh, check out anything by Sue Johnson if you're interested in relationship stuff. She's magnificent. Um, but uh, the idea of kind of asking yourself, am I accessible to my partner? Am I responsive to them? Am I engaged with them? Um, I find that like that's the key uh, to creating security. Um, for you know when when they're during those periods when we're really separated from each other, we're feeling disconnected, like checking in and seeing if that's what you're needing from your partner or, or if um, that's what they're needing from you. And for some reason they're not getting there. It's hard for you to do that. And also if you're finding that you're in a period of disconnection or, or uh, something like that, where it's just hard to kind of figure out what's, what's going on and to change it. Like um, I'm always open to recommending, you know, therapy, like, um, that's not a weakness. It's, it's not a, a recognition of failure or anything like that. It's, you know, you're, you're just valuing your relationship enough to really put the effort in to address those things. Yeah. You might have a season where you have to just work on something together with another person. Mm-hmm. For and that sure. can come in any one of the seasons, I think, where you just go, this would be helpful to not just do the two of us. Mm-hmm. My, my thought is just that, we change, you know, we, we are shaped by our experiences. We are transformed. We are becoming new versions of ourselves all the time. Uh, My wife has not been married to just one guy. I've been several different 
people during our marriage. Mm-hmm. And, you know, that that's another way to tell the seasons. You know, I, I've been maybe the same kind of person through a couple seasons, but having my first kid changed me and having a second kid changed me and having a third kid way later than we expected changed me. Uh, losing a ministry job changed me, um, you know, getting into a social work kind of field changed me. Um, doing campus ministry changed me, you know, frequently. Um, and so that idea that one of the things that can happen in a season is we regret that we're not in a different season or we're not back in the season we were at previous, um, you know, but again, I think Tears' advice was just so good is finding the things to be hopeful for, finding the things to look forward to. Um, you know, it's cool that I get to meet a new version of Asia as she grows as a person and experiences new things. And so finding finding joy and finding those are those are great ways to reignite honeymoon periods. Like, hey, this is you as you know, uh she's got a job as a cafe barista at a grocery store. And so she's found a lot of joy in that. She likes that job and you know, that, that made her a different kind of person. And so getting to discover that and learn about that and, and add that to the person I'm married to has been really cool. Instability. And when we had conflict around it, we talked about it and um, there's confrontation and all those kinds of things, but that's a real catalyst for growth. It's good stuff. It's just not always comfortable. Yeah, I feel like you could identify a season of instability by like an, an elevated amount of conflict. And again, mm-hmm. conflict doesn't look the same for every couple. I mean, Asia and I, even discussing that we feel differently about a thing is pretty much conflict. Yeah, right. <laughs> There's never been heated exchanges. You know, there's annoyance when I am driving poorly or I miss an exit because I'm not paying attention or whatever, but never, you know, shouting or some of the stuff I saw, my parents are great, but I saw stuff get thrown. You know, my mom <laughs> took swings at all of us occasionally. Um, you know, <laughs> he's never raising a hand to anybody in the house. And, you know, that doesn't mean that there's a lack of conflict. Sometimes we avoid the conflict and that, that lengthens the period of instability. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah, for sure. For sure. That sometimes that, that, uh, strategy of not engaging in it just kind of, like you said, lengthens, it draws it out a little bit, that tension or, 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 or uh, discomfort. Um, one thing that comes to mind is this image of, I forget where it is in the, the, the country, but it's like the one place where buffalo or bison, whichever, I think they're interchangeable. They, they live kind of in the same um, area as cows, you know, and it's right in the place where there's a bunch of mountains and the, the, the cows and the buffalo are there in the fields and a storm comes and the cows kind of flee from the storm and they extend their time in it because they can't outrun the storm. So they're just running with that rain and they're extending their, their season of pain and difficulty and stress, you know, versus the Buffalo that they just wait until 
that storm crests the hills and then they charge right through it. And if you're in a season of instability and you're avoiding having difficult conversations, you're like the cows, you're, you're running with the storm, you're extending the instability, you're, you know, causing some unneeded uh, damage and weathering to your foundation and your, you know, house, if you want to use that kind of metaphor, but uh, being that Buffalo that goes, okay, we're, we're in a tough spot. We're not seeing eye to eye. You know, we've got to do something where we get together and we figure this out so we can be on each other's team versus against each other. Yeah. I think in the future we could do another episode on change in relationships, change and why it's good. Mm-hmm. Because like you said, that we could talk a lot about, um, the person you're married to now is not the person you married. Right. And people should tell us what they want to hear about if they want to hear yeah. the thing about parenting or they want to hear the thing about different marriages or the thing about personality profiles or whatever that other one we mentioned, uh, self-awareness. <laughs> um, tell us what you want to hear about next, and I'll tell you how to do that in a moment. Um, but that's Seasons of Marriage, and we will come back for part three to talk Seasons of Parent-Child yeah. Relationships next time. Uh, but in closing us out, do you guys have anything that's just made you groan for our groan tube segment? Oh, yeah. We were going to coordinate efforts on this one, right? <laughs> uh, yeah, we're recording this a day and a half after the presidential debate, the first one. Yeah. Yeah. So that I didn't watch it, but watching the reactions of people I like and online and everywhere made me groan. (laughs) Yes. The whole world is groaning with us over the United States presidential debates of 2020. They literally are. I was listening to a podcast this morning about from a couple in Australia and they're like, all right, we're going to spend the first six minutes groaning about that. And uh, you can yeah. you can skip it. The time codes in the description if you want. So uh, <laughs> it was pretty interesting hearing like a complete other side of the world perspective. But it's not looking any better from outside the country. Oh, it definitely doesn't. Yeah, we've still got many connections overseas, and they've been gracious enough to share some of their opinions. And it's it is it's good to get an outside perspective. Mm-hmm. Um. Yeah, it just kind of sucks being in it, (laughs) being in this season in America right now. (laughs) And I just encourage, you know, anyone listening, if if this is making you groan too, if you're stressed out about this, just keep in mind that you have a voice, you have a lot to offer the people around you, and that no matter where the message is coming from, whether that's, you know, one of the candidates at a debate, whether it's an advertisement or article on social media, whether that's a crazy uncle at a family get together, um, asking the question of who are they asking me to either love or hate and really determining how much you're going to buy in, how much you're going to get emotionally energized based on who they're asking you to love or hate. So anyway, politics in America is making us groan, all three of us. Yep. All right. Concur. You concur? A hundred percent. Thanks, Steve. <laughs> All right, guys. That is going to be it. 
for this episode. You can find more new shows from Campus 180 Radio by visiting us on the web at anchor.fm slash campus 180 radio. That's anchor.fm slash campus O-N-E-8-0 radio. You can find out more about our ministry by visiting our website, campus180.com, or search for Campus 180 on Instagram and Facebook. Again, we want to hear what you want us to talk about, so contact us by sending comments or questions to our email address at thispodcast at campus180.com. That's thispodcast at campusone80.com. Steven Tirza, love talking to you guys. Yeah, thanks. Have you gotten any more emails yet? I've gotten no emails. Please email us. It would be way more fun <laughs> to interact with people. We know you listen. We see the uh, analytics. So, Ooh. email. <laughs> you guys should send fake emails. Okay. Oh, well. <laughs> yeah, we'll I've get got, it. We'll get it started. I've got heaps of aliases I could use. <laughs> I actually believe you, Stephen. It scares me a little. Bit. <laughs> All right, guys. Thanks for listening. <laughs>